hard hardness. We got virgin suicides and Hollywood homicides. Black Hawk down Pearl Harbor and oh, the faculty wicker parking here on Earth, and that's why we hard Joshua Daniel Hartnett. Hello, listeners, and welcome to We Heart Hartnett, the podcast that explores the filmography of the actor. Joshua Daniel Hartnett, movie by movie. I'm Patrick Willems. And I am Jacob Robinson Torpy. And I'm Matthew Russell Torpy. <laughs> Notice. Mr. T and <laughs> a, Junior a T. Pat- yep. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, yeah. I have always loved those nicknames. In case you want to know who, who's, who's older who's, and who's younger. <laughs> so yeah. Guys, so, guys, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Pat. How are you doing? Uh, how are you doing after having watched this movie? And, the and, most recent. and then re- forgetting a microphone halfway here to record and then having to and go back, back to get it. Uh, I'm tired. Yep. Uh, and I hope you're enjoying the cranberry Prosecco that I've I have. This you. is also the first human interaction I've had all day. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. gonna be, so, guys, it's going to be weird. It's going to be low energy. <laughs> Went from zero communication to talking about a movie that's about masturbating. Yeah. yeah. This, this is straight up no fap, the movie. <laughs> it's just about a guy who won't jerk off. Or even touch anything and, in and a sexual manner. This is it, It's one of those movies from the early 2000s that I feel like everyone remembers, even if they didn't see. Because I remember seeing I so... I that camp. I saw so many just TV spots for this movie. Mm-hmm. Because 2002, I was, I was a, a regular viewer of MTV, music television. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Back in the day, I, I remember, you know, Kurt I would watch Loder. TRL. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Loder, Kurt Loder delivering the MTV news, and this movie was advertised a lot. But we were none of us were old enough to see this when it came out. Nope, because it was rated R. And yeah, this is and it was one super of super naughty, and you guys were probably what 2002? 14? 15? This was uh, twelve. When did this actually open? In, Fourteen. Years this opened old. March two thousand two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow, my birth month. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. March 2002. Matt was born, and uh, <laughs> really just, just two, about two weeks after this movie opened. Yeah. And th- so we always think of him as 40 Days Baby. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, movie is forever intertwined with how I think of my right. brother. It's, yeah. It's 40 Days and 40 Nights. Exactly. Now, this was March 2002, and I just associate that time with... Shortly before my favorite movie of that year, Spider-Man, came Austin out. Austin Powers and Goldmember. That came out in August. Wait, what did you say? Spider-Man came oh, out. Spider-Man. Oh, oh my okay. God, Jake. Well, well, that was the that big... was my favorite movie. Well, which and opened in August. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> my birth month. I, I well, like, I remember seeing it in Ireland. I, yeah. I, my family, we literally were in Dublin, and it started pouring rain. We're like, we have to get out of the rain. There's a movie theater up ahead. Let's get in there. What's playing? Austin Powers. Let's go see that. <laughs> but I, uh, but really, like 2002 was the year that was dominated by Spider-Man because yeah. that was. It had the biggest opening box office weekend of all time a couple months later, two months later exactly, but this is March. This is March, and this is Josh Hartnett's first movie as a headlining star. It's weird when you put it that way. We've been going through these movies, and I didn't ever really think about that, but you're right. This is his first leading vehicle. Yeah, this is... Leading man vehicle. Front and, and center. weird. It's 40 days and 40 nights, the movie where he can't touch himself for Lent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is also like maybe the first, I think town and country technically falls in this camp, but I think it's like the first like out and out early 2000s, like sex comedy, like in a, like a good old 
rated R, hard Wait, R, like raunchy sex comedy. Are you calling comedy. it the first early 2000s sex comedy? No, 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 no. But like it's in that like it's in that genre it with like all of the, all of the trappings of that. Like and th- there were a bunch of these, you know, mm-hmm. like Right, of course, yeah. Obviously the American Pie. Uh, there's the American Pies and right. uh, because American Pie 2 I believe opened the year before this. Yeah. And as we're talking, I'm going to look up more of the sort of early 2000s sex comedies because mm-hmm. I didn't see pretty much any of these because I was too I was too young <laughs> to go see it in theaters. Yeah, we weren't but allowed to. I just remember seeing ads for the you know like 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 road trip and stuff <laughs> road like that. Road trip. Yeah, <laughs> movies where Tom Green had supporting roles. Yeah, uh-huh. was Euro Trip part of that thing? I think Euro Trip was a, f- a few a years. Few year, after. I think. Uh, gun to my head, I would say your trip was 2004. <laughs> okay. God willing, that situation will arise. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if someone ever points a gun to my head. When the fuck did your trip come out? If someone ever points a gun to my head, I hope their question is just when did your trip come out? Like release dates for random movies. That would be really convenient for you. <laughs> Can we make a video about that? It wouldn't be about like the codes to the safe or something. Yeah. Look, there have been a lot of serial killer movies. I don't think there's ever been one about a serial killer who like quizzes people on. <laughs> Just makes, on, wants to make sure that Pat knows the release dates on of... movie trivia. Well, it's like okay, we're gonna play a game, a trivia <laughs> game, and if you answer the questions wrong, then you die. So oh, question shit. number one, there's like a family sitting there, like <laughs> crying, bound. and then you, <laughs> and then I'm there, and uh... don't worry, gang. <laughs> 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 who was the director of 40 Days and 40 Nights? Why would I know that? Bang! <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is well, that's like... Michael Lehman. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Ours I have Wikipedia Layman. Layman, yeah. Oh, it makes more sense if it was Layman, huh? You know what I mean? Because uh... of getting laid and also Layman Origins. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a Raymond reference? You guys remember Raymond? <laughs> Everybody loves no him, right? connecting limbs but he does have feet and arms hands <laughs> wait but my question is like you know this movie kind of we watched this movie right after this movie is like weirdly you know how like incels are back in the conversation unfortunately yes whoa, yeah because of that know. toronto killer or whatever i forget what happened i didn't really follow up on it but yeah like, incels are not uh in the media right now for a positive reason no or for a funny reason this is a silly question what's an incel Involuntary celibate. Yeah, got it. Volcel being a voluntary celibate. Yeah, got it. Again, I didn't know those offshoots of the sort of you know MRA red pill culture, all of that kind of thing. Okay, okay. And and here it involves you know like people dying, somebody being crazy about it. Okay, but it's just funny that it's like now like that happened. What is funny is all of the pieces of of media coming out that are just like vol like incels. What are they? <laughs> it's just these people like... Well, those news stories are directed right to me. <laughs> to people like Jake. What is like, that? What is they? <laughs> Click. A voluntary celibate. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm expanding my mind. Yep. Th- this reminds me of at my family's Christmas Eve party this past year. I think you know, some family friends who are probably like in their late 60s are asking me questions about making YouTube videos and internet stuff. And somehow... I think they were asking questions about comments and stuff like that. And I, I just mentioned... In, in an answer, I just said MRA, and they were just like, what's that? And I was like, oh, no. Now I have to explain the national men's rights activists to, to a bunch of, like, 70-year-old women. <laughs> well, you know, this and is... It, and, but that's the thing. If you don't spend your all your days on the internet, you don't have... There's no reason for you to know these things. Right, and yeah, you don't contract I, mental illness. <laughs> right. I think this reminds me more of, like, almost, like, MGTOW stuff. 
because oh, they, de- yeah. they definitely or like even like the pickup artist culture like but like because it definitely gets into the the weird like it's unnatural for men not to come on a regular basis yeah. Right. By however means. As in everybody says that repeatedly throughout the movie. But then like, that's impossible. Like, like no man can do yeah, that. Men have like, to do it. It goes against the laws of science and nature. And He's playing God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, the whole idea of like no fab, there's it's like hilarious. But there is this like weird, like, you know, if you go these stretches of time without jerking off then you can achieve these levels of purity that make you like ascend and transcend your your physical nature in ways. Yeah, it's very um I mean it is connected with like disavowing women in general as mm-hmm. like a vice or I mean I'm speaking now to the a large and very easily angered group I think of of sure. people. You God knows if they listen but is a higher is this movie their their favorite movie? It's just funny. Like it's just I feel like it's in the zeitgeist at the moment. They're for really that into Zack Snyder films and Forty <laughs> Days and Forty Nights, right? Like increasing your. They're basically Jack D. Ripper like type people. Like they're just oh my like God. my vital essence. But um, yeah, this movie is is one is that's like a huge theme. Is like how weird it is and the the ups and downs of. Uh, well, I'm super glad I didn't have this current story in my head when I was watching this movie because I thought I mean, it was really funny. I still, I still didn't. No, it was, it. this is a hilarious movie, and uh, it was not tainted at all by the darkness of modern day news headlines. This is, as Wikipedia calls it, a satirical, erotic, romantic comedy film. Wow, Boy. a lot of words there. See, too many. I, you, I think it should be you know. satirical, erotical, romantical. Erotical. <laughs> <laughs> Also, it's so erotical. The movie poster. <laughs> Have you guys seen the movie poster satirical, for this? Sexual. Uh, There's like a few different posters, but the main poster oh. is actually pretty great. Well, let's see. Are you talking about the one where it's just him? The one with just Josh. Okay. Our cause... boy, white background. Yep. Josh laying down on the along the bottom of the poster. Yep. And then the entire title the, the title is really compressed yeah and it's over the credits block which is also compressed to form a vertical like bar rising up from his crotchal region yeah oh my so god so the, the, the title becomes his dick yeah it's a giant text boner <laughs> and that's really the, funny <laughs> and, but but hey because we're talking this is a podcast all about our boy josh his name at the top of the poster only him on the poster yeah this is it this is josh's you know, this is his coming out. As this is his uh, cotillion in a way. Oh my god! Yes. As, as a as a movie star, yeah. he is now. Uh, that said, he was on the Black Hawk Down poster, just him. But I don't think his name is over the title. And Pearl Harbor, he's sharing that like I think he three has third slightly billing? translucent headed poster, movie poster with Ben Affleck. Right, you know? but he's, so but that only had Affleck's name over the title. This is oh, do you think that's a good point? It, yeah. I mean, I, I'm endlessly fascinated by uh, billing and like credits blocks. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, I a thing I enjoyed today was they uh, they released the the poster for Ant Man and the Wasp, and there's two widths and an and <laughs> in, in in the billing, and I was like, oh, interesting. That's how they're doing it. And yeah, so, do agents negotiate that or something? Yes. Yeah, right? Yes. Okay. Like, it was a big deal when uh, when the Infinity War poster came out, and it's like, oh, Chris Pratt gets the and. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. And there were, so like, what... three widths on that. But anyway, jo- <laughs> Josh is, is has above title billing. Yeah. And, that's the, and it's, I think, and his no first— no one else. And no one else. And that's the first time we've encountered that. 
Yeah, it just struck me that this is a weird movie for that to be. Isn't it right? I mean, and it it couldn't have been a non-very, like, calculated tactical decision. But he has to play against type slightly. He does. I think this is also the first time he's done broad slapstick. Is this like his kindergarten cop? (laughs) Not to that extent, because he wasn't so associated. I mean, yeah. Kindergarten cop was a whole thing of like, oh, it's Schwarzenegger after... Also, that was, that was a movie that did a come lifetime. after. Well, it came after other comedies. He had yeah. already done Twins. Right, right, yeah. Class, so but good. But uh, Twins in particular, that was, okay, Schwarzenegger, he is, all he does is violent action movies, and mm-hmm. now we, he's going to subvert that. Right. Josh had just been in a bunch of different types of movies, and they were often kind of serious, but he didn't have a type yet. And that's part of what I think is interesting about exploring his career, because he was in as he was sort of, as Hollywood was thinking, this could be the next big movie star. They put him in everything. He's yeah. in all yeah. sorts. So he, you know, he jumps from Black Hawk Down, <laughs> right? A an Oscar-nominated war drama to <laughs> Forty Days 40 and Forty Nights. Forty Nights. It is wild. It, it really has been like I, I I was talking about this earlier with Pat, but like, you know, this podcast was sort of based off of a joke. And uh, it sort of um, is a joke. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't take it super seriously, but we were interested in his filmography, and it has actually legitimately been strange to watch these movies in sequence because yeah. they really are throwing him at every genre. Into every nook and cranny. And just everything is just being tried. The kitchen, It's like kitchen sink filmmaking. It's just like, it's nuts. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of exhausting. <laughs> it's a little tired. Yeah. There, there's tired. whiplash. Yeah, there is. Do we want to talk about the plot of this thing? Which well, there's we not should, much so, of? So, by the way, uh, f- listeners, uh, as you might have gleaned from our discussion so far, we're talking about 40 Days and 40 Nights. Right, yes. And this is a 2002, you know, again, as we said, uh, a satirical, erotic, romantic comedy film. Mm-hmm. And actually, just to kick it off and make it simple, um, let me just give you the opening paragraph of the Wikipedia synopsis. <laughs> Good, yeah. So Let's keep it. Matt Sullivan, Josh Hartnett, yeah. and his roommate Ryan are co-workers at a San Francisco dot-com company. That <laughs> is important because there's, everyone works in tech. It's, yep. the, it's the early 2000s. It's the tech bubble. There's, a, there, there's one line where a, maybe the most instantly unlikable character in the movie says, oh, you work at one of those dot-coms. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, they work at a dot-com company. Dot Matt com. is obsessed with his ex-girlfriend, Nicole, and his obsession repeatedly causes him problems during attempted one-night stands. He has trouble moving on since Nicole broke up with him. He confides his sexual problems to his brother, John, who is training to become a Catholic priest. In an attempt to fix his problems, Matt vows to abstain from sexual stimulation, including <laughs> masturbation. Wait, for- can I pause that just yes. for a second? Because let's just do the quote in the movie. It doesn't just say masturbation. He goes, no nibbling, no biting, no scratching, no fondling. No he says, sucking. He gets, yeah, no sucking, no fondling. He gets really graphic about it. And so it, that's what he's abstaining and, from, And that's important because, because there is a... Kind of weird scene <laughs> where he finds a way around that. Matt knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, I'm, I've got one more sentence left. I forgot how funny I thought that so, was. He vows to obtain some sexual stimulation, including <laughs> masturbation, for the 40 days and 40 nights of Lent. Because he's that, Catholic. He's that's a right. Boy. He's yeah. not. His he's brother is. No, he's not really practicing Catholic. It's just that he ends up uh, knowing about Catholicism because his brother is a priest. Is seminary school another su- sort of pun? 
Yeah, I, I, it, I, it felt like it to me. Yeah, right. Um, oh, and, and then this uh, movie makes everything seem like a sexual innuendo. Everything. for like a little bit afterwards. And the world of this movie is strange. And last sentence: John warns Matt that chastity is not easy. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Ryan starts a popular office pool to bet on how long Matt can last. Nobody thinks he's gonna make it. Talk about toxic culture, work culture. Yeah, seriously. That's... Uh, also, can we talk about? The culture of the place in which he works. So he works at a dot com. That's what company. we. That's what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's bad. We can talk about it. Just thought well, I'd clarify. I, sorry, I, I thought you were just making a, a joke about just like. Well, I was. But toxic about, office culture. Oh, right, oh, but oh, but oh, I mean, okay. like, but oh, oh, we should general? talk about the His place, place where, where he works, works is be, nuts because it's so okay. So it's mostly guys. Yes. And uh, they all. All of them have sideburns and curly hair, pretty yep. much, except yeah. for like two Asian guys. And then right. every woman who works there, like crop top sweater, like short like, miniskirt, like vinyl miniskirts, yeah. like they they look like MTV VJs. Yeah. Well, every it's got you know what it reminded me of immediately. Do you ever watch that show Shasta McNasty? I, okay. <laughs> on my way over here, I was I was thinking like we gotta reference Shasta McNasty because I thought of that. With when it came to the the other guys that jo- Josh's peer yeah, group, yeah, his peers, he doesn't, he doesn't even have a lot of friends because all the, the guys he associates with are unpleasant. <laughs> it's just this like oversaturated early two thousands hell of like just horny people and sexual energy. Shasta McNasty was a short lived yes. sitcom starring Jake Busey. Yes. Uh, and there's, <laughs> there's a lot of bleach blonde, spiked gelled hair. They are oh, essentially a, a Beastie Boys style band that lives on the Venice Beach boardwalk. Mm-hmm. The first episode opens with them spying on their hot neighbor. <laughs> that That's really okay. kind of the plot. I, I, you sent me that link, and I, I think I watched most of that pilot. It's like yeah. 20 minutes long, and it's not good, but fascinating. And uh, <laughs> guys, if you're listening to this, you're not really going to in, probably enjoy it, but it's worth looking up Shasta McNasty just as a reference point that you'll right. then have because you'd be surprised how often we just compare things to Shasta McNasty. Well, the aesthetics are what's really on point. Right. It, I mean, it, it's honestly like you took a Sum 41 music video <laughs> and made a sitcom out of it. Yeah, yeah. So this is that version of San Francisco, which is where the movie's set. Yeah. And it's directed by the guy who made Heathers. Yeah. Is as, that right? As well yep. as Hudson Hawk. Wow, really? Yeah, Michael Lehman's not a bad director. Yeah, he made Airheads. The oh, Truth About wow. Cats and Dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like all those a lot more. Heather's obviously being the top one. Right. Yeah, I, he, he started That was like his first fizzled. film. Yeah. Well, no one could, like, he was doing the right thing. Like, the script was the right thing for the time. This movie, what, did this movie do well financially? Yes. It did. This movie cost $17 million to make, uh-huh. and... International or worldwide, it made $95 million. Damn. That is really good. So Josh's first outing as a headliner was a huge success. And then yep. he proceeded to not do more comedies, really. Well, I will because, say that... Yeah, go for it. Oh, I was going to say, he's way out of his comfort zone yeah. that he needs to open up his eyes very wide <laughs> Yeah, many what, parts of this movie. Was that what you were going to say? Yeah, <laughs> his eyes... He, he has to act with his face a lot more than... I mean, there's a lot of... It's very hard for w- him. Sort of wide-angle close-ups where his eyes are bugging out. He's, like, looking at a screen or, <laughs> as he sees that people have made a weird porn website, like, yeah. like 
bedding what is, pool. What is his job? What does his office he, do? He's like a web designer. He's they a web just, designer, but like throughout the movie, he, it seems like the whole like inability to masturbate for 40 days has prevented him. Because you don't see him web designing. You see him like carrying crates into the back room quite a few times. Well, you there's, see a, him, there's like, a lot of manual labor for dot com. The, the yeah. close, seems more like the janitor of the company <laughs> than anything the else. The most we get to him working is, so initially when he begins his... 40 days and 40 nights of abstinence, mm-hmm. he is really productive at work. He starts building uh, model cars at, yeah. at home. And, yeah. and then at, at work, he's just burning through his work. And he goes to his boss, Griffin Dunn, who I'm always <laughs> happy to see pop up. Very also uncomfortable role. Oh, this. oh, I don't enjoy Griffin Dunn in this, but I was happy to see his name in the opening credits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, he's the star of After Hours. and. Yeah. Well, from London. Well, but, he uh, gets super, super productive. But maybe he does. Like, but then, and then, and then, and then he's like, hey, "Boss, give me some more yeah. work." Like, I, like, I, I'm done with all that stuff already. And he's like, "Okay, design these sites." Right. And then Josh delivers these mock-ups for pages on this website. Yeah. And then his boss, who was then this is late in the movie, we're skipping way ahead, has been inspired by what he's doing to you know try to because his wife is like holding out on him and he hasn't gotten any in so long. Right. He's like, maybe if I start like a, an abstinence pledge, then she'll realize how much she misses having sex with me. Yeah. And then I'll get it and it doesn't work out for him. <laughs> it doesn't work out and it's very funny. And his boss is looking at these mock-ups and every photo he looks at, he just, you know, becomes this sexual scene yeah. to him. And it turns that, into a Rorschach test where everything is a dick or a like, he's like yeah, is, is he nipples. twisting her nipples? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And to be fair, it did kind of look that way. Well, I'm, you know, yeah. Yeah, it, but it's it didn't a, actually make it. It's a photo it, where, know. yeah, I mean, the, a guy is just like, what is he doing with his hand in the photo? He's like just holding it up at like chest level. At, right. Well, I it, thought the joke was that since Josh was presumably, or sorry, we'll call him by so his character's name, Matt is so backed up that no, no, he no, 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 no. made Please call him Josh because I'm Matt. Because Matt is Matt. Yeah, and I would not like the people to get confused with you know what? His that behavior in that movie. <laughs> just you mean you don't want people to confuse you with Josh Hart? We don't oh, want people to a, think that we're talking. <laughs> yeah, we don't want people to think we're talking for an hour and a half about one of our co-hosts' masturbation well, tendencies. Can we? I, I do want to just briefly touch upon like the initial incident, right? We get we don't. One of the problems is that you know we get this dream girl, Nicole, and who is also okay. I I get the premise of this movie. Yeah, you know you, you've got it's like a catchy title. Yeah, I think the like make you got a, Lent in there, which the kids are clamoring God, for. Kids yeah. love, especially in two thousand two. Kids love. Oh my Lent. gosh! Yeah, everyone's like, I love Lent. <laughs> and <laughs> the producers shirts. had their ears wide open. Exactly, like they they're scrolling things. through the forums. What are the kids into? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Lent. But <laughs> the basic premise of okay, it's a, a sex comedy about a guy who has like an abstinence pledge. Mm-hmm. That's a solid enough concept. But I think that the hoops they have to jump through to get there the setup to that concept is kind of sweaty and it's it's fast but also sweaty yeah it's like that's they it's a we're doing this on purpose jake that they could have had a simpler setup to get to the same point it's like space jam it's like (laughs) it's like how do we get michael jordan to meet bugs bunny in 15 minutes we'll make him play (laughs) golf (laughs) yeah it will make him play baseball and then golf it felt about that natural right because it it also adds all you know i mean the opening like within the first five minutes we have repeated hallucinations (laughs) well josh is seemingly be legitimately suffering from psychosis like yes he's having panic attacks that are accompanied by like you said hallucinations while he's trying constantly having one night stands and just falling 
without even trying into easy pussy. Right. Yeah. So w- what we should explain, so at the very beginning, there's like an effective enough kind of opening where you see this this relationship that's clearly serious has been going on for a while, and then it ends. And yeah. he deletes all the photos of her from his old school iPad Well, laptop. not just photos. He has like a whole video montage. There's a lot of was... quick time files yeah, open on his desktop. He filmed his girlfriend quite a bit and had all of the windows Which of it all see... those quick time files open. And am I wrong? The little bit that they give you, it seems like that might have been the start of the demise of the relationship. Like he was too into it. And she was yeah. like, stop fucking filming me. Because yeah. the opening title sequence, it's all kind of like camcorder footage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's is Josh Hartnett the first vlogger? He's the first a lot of things. He's the first super-powered incel. Uh, or vol cell, I vol guess. Cell. He's a vol cell. Uh, I learned that. He breaks his bed with the power. He's I like, know. Well, he gets he does get super productive. For a while, it seemed like it was going in that direction where it's like, you can utilize this energy to become a more valuable yeah. member of society. Mm-hmm. And that goes back in and it makes your bones stronger. It's like milk, you know? Exactly. So that's why he breaks the bed at the end. Yeah. But then, so the relationship ends. Right. He's all broken up about it. Mm-hmm. And then... Trying to get over it, he just poor guy repeatedly falls into <laughs> this like sexual encounters with constant with like a stream of gorgeous women. Right, and everywhere he goes, he's like his room will be like, uh, you know, like hey, let's go to the club. They're like, okay, fine. Oh, you know, more supermodels throwing themselves at him. Yeah. Well, and, they, the, and they fall into bed. Ugh, the, the, what a predicament. The like Jewish character actor guy who's in a bunch of other like Costanzo Ryan. He's in a bunch of like very similar type movies from that era, and he always plays the wisecracking friend. Yeah, but there he's always just like, yeah, those girls from uh, you know. He's like in Road Lake- Trip. He's in Road Trip yes. as well. From Lake Tahoe, and there's always one for Josh, and then Josh barely does anything, and then they just the women also are so lascivious. Yeah, like everyone is so primed and ready. Well, All, like what was San Francisco like this in the early 2000s? Well, again, once again. I just was my my horrible thought was that this is Miramax. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh yeah, we should mention that it's another Miramax. <laughs> yeah, I we can't like, escape. Just like this seems like the dream world that was designed by a Weinstein. <laughs> like just oh, like God. in a perfect world, <laughs> this is what my San Francisco is. No, I mean, I think you guys are asking questions like, was this like San Francisco in the early two thousands? I thought no, that the this mo- isn't a reality. No, exactly. The movie is trying really, really hard to make this so absurd like the fact that almost every character that revolves around josh hartnett is directly concerned with his sexual like quest to to avoid masturbating for 40 days like his right. guy friends are like pathetic i thought that the movie they're did... barely his friends or just like, co-workers th- like yeah. his roommate doesn't seem like it like they don't seem like they're actually friends. Right. He I, buys no, a blacklight to check if there's semen on his bed. But this is yeah. why I thought the movie succeeded. <laughs> that is funny, <laughs> Because actually. I don't think the movie ever flinched away from how silly the premise was. And it's like, instead of going like, you know, stupid analogy, but Bruce Almighty, which is hilarious for the first like hour, but then tries oh, to go yeah. very earnest and very serious by the end. It does. The movie, you know, 40 Days and 40 Nights is just like, yeah, the whole world is absurd, so why not ramp up everybody's behavior yeah. to, to sort of reflect the fact that this is all about a person that can't masturbate and wants to masturbate. I think that... Even the bagel guy, like, thrusts his bagels onto, yeah, the like, hole the in the bagel holes. he uses yeah. his I finger mean, to fuck yeah. it. I, d- <laughs> I do think that general idea of making this heightened and, yeah. like, everyone has is, like, 
sex obsessed to an yeah. early amplified degree to an is, unnatural degree right is fine if it has also the jokes to back it up but there aren't a lot of really funny things happening no i yeah. don't think i mean unintentionally i, I mean yes. unintentionally yeah but i think often the movie thinks that like oh just the idea that like these characters will be like really in, acting really intense about someone else's sex life <laughs> will be funny but there isn't also the comedy to back it up it's That's just right. it's just everything is extreme Mm-hmm. And everyone acts really intense, and I sure laughed. And this is where I've, I and segueing into that, into this, yeah. or from that, I want to talk about the visual style of this movie, which is because insane. I think it's necessary. Yeah, so you go for this. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, so this is a movie. Okay, most comedies are shot in a pretty bland, bright, warm, overlit way, <laughs> because look. Guys, you know how you know, you have got a basic sense of color theory that people respond emotionally to different colors, mm-hmm. which is why usually if a movie is like most comedies are shot in warm colors because they make you feel good. They make you feel good, and this mm. movie is not mm. usually shot this way. This movie, the cinematographer is Elliot Davis, who among other things has shot multiple Steven Soderbergh movies, oh, such God. as Out of Sight, <laughs> yeah. and this movie. Hell yeah. A lot of it, especially all the scenes set at Josh's workplace, and a lot of it is set there, they look like it's like a payback. Yeah. You know, like the 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 Mel Gibson movie payback? The the Brian Helgeland Mel Gibson movie, which is just an entirely like like intense blue tint. Yeah. Everything is drenched in blues and kind of like with a bit of uh, magentas in there. It's like really, it's like... Saturated but cold colors, like underworld. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like fucking underworld. Yeah, but these people are running hot, and you're right. And the movie that, should have been that's, red. That's well, there are Big, th- throbbing. There, there are other scenes that that, yeah. are, that are shot in in warm colors or like like at, at sunset or whatever, and and I think that that works. But there are really strong color choices that make it look like a thriller. Like all <laughs> okay, the key. Or the primary romantic location in this movie is the laundromat. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. place where uh, where Josh meets love interest Shannon Erica. Sossaman. But yeah, Erica, played by Shannon Sossaman, and they they repeatedly meet at at the laundromat. That's the beginning of their sort of uh, flirtation, which becomes a relationship. Yeah. And the laundromat is like it's all kind of sickly green yeah. lighting. It looks honestly, it looks like it should be a location in Fight Club. You yeah. know what I was thinking of when I saw it? What? I was like, this looks like an eighty an early eighties romance like doomed romance movie about like heroin addicts in New York City. Like nine and a half weeks. I or thought like it Needle Park, like, uh, Panic and Needle yeah. Park or yeah. something. Yeah. It's just it's not very common to see a big studio comedy making really strong visual choices like this. No, not and I don't understand them. It had some a bit of that O, like the visual st- look of O. Uh, but I, I think this without is without quite as much color adjustment. You well, know, this is a more bigger budget. I'm trying to. It's a bigger budget, but also I don't think O has a really strong visual take. That doesn't strike me like they had much of a plan for like, okay, this is how we're going to shoot it. And it's going to look this way for a reason. This is, they are going for something here. (laughs) And I'm not sure what they're going for because it seems very much at, I I get having a heightened visual style to go with kind of just like the heightened mood of the movie and the personalities, but it seems like the wrong one. 
You know what would have been a good idea for this movie to go from its sort of bluish green color palette and as the movie progressed, get more and more orange and red as Josh is. Like, that would be good. Up. Yeah. And then by I, the until end, it was just burning bright so red. Feeling, the you very can't end. actually see it. It's just fully <laughs> opaque. I, I could actually see that because yeah. there are, com- I mean, for instance, just, just recently, uh, I don't know if anyone saw Game Night. Mm-mm. But that is a comedy that has a really strong, really good visual style. Mm-hmm. And that's also a movie that does have sort of the format of a thriller. And so it has kind of a thriller visual style. I mean, like, that movie has, like, a long, elaborate, single-take action scene. and <laughs> But it works because that style works for what they're going for. And this is a style that seems at odds with what they're going for. And I'm just fascinated by it i'd be looking at this being like why is this scene why does it look like this should be a hacker scene in like a in like yeah. enemy of the state when it's a scene of, of josh like <laughs> getting like like you know it's already being done. flirted with by a by a, a woman in like the back closet in, in his work while he's trying to pick up some like dv tapes or whatever it's Odd. It's Remember very when he odd. Get, he, so yeah, it is hard to watch like Josh forlornly walking around a very cold, noirish almost, you know, San Francisco, and then he comes home and his roommate's like, "Dude, did you throw out my copy of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Poon?" And you're just like, "I, oh, my emotional tenor's off." That okay. And now that you mention that, th- yeah, there's the part where Josh, when he you know swears or takes a celibacy oath, he gets rid of anything sex related that he owned, including his <laughs> massive library of. Porn VHS tapes, but my and my favorite yeah. title was was uh there was Temple of Poon yeah but then I, I assume that's the sequel to the Indiana Jones sex par- or porn parody in Diana Jones. <laughs> uh. I wrote that down because I was like that is fantastic. Can I see? These are two. Remember when we had the old video store in Saratoga? Yeah, driving these are, movie store. These driving are the two. Store. Remember the one, the two ones that. We saw, I think, mom and with dad. With the beaded room that you could go yeah, into you in the back. Yeah, you could go through, like, about. these this cur- bead the curtain. films in there. Uh, and the two names I remember were uh, Fuckleberry Hinn. <laughs> Fuckleberry Hinn, yeah. Fuckleberry <gasps> Hinn. And uh, The Loin King. And so oh, wow. That's <laughs> just swapping those letters around. Which is, yeah, personally, uh, mwah, That's just a, a subtle that adjustment. That is a good-ass title. <laughs> the Loin um, King. The Loin King. That was a scary room to stumble in on. I know, because there's always one, like, 46 year old man in there perspiring yes (laughs) (laughs) and you know he's like sidle in there just to get like one areola just to see it and Uh, then run away sprint out of there (laughs) get your 12 year old ass back out of there (laughs) (laughs) i uh so i just also wanted to mention though before we get fully into the um the the celibacy section which is into the 40 days into the 40 40 days and the 40 (laughs) nights of the film where jesus was tempted by the satan or josh can't or josh load yeah yeah yeah. he's he's getting backed up um i wanted to just talk about because i i actually liked this relationship was the relationship between the two brothers the one that's about to become a priest it was that was that was an interesting choice yeah and i actually thought it was kind of funny and um when he's sort of the idea sparks him because he's had conversations with his brother who's like a novitiate in training is that he's like, you know what, I'm going to do this for Lent. So he runs back to his brother thinking he's going to be all excited to tell him about this. And his brother's like, that's one of the stupidest ideas I've ever heard. <laughs> but I love, he. Um, he's in a confessional booth, and he slides open the door real quick and then just sees a corpus hanging on the wall of <laughs> Jesus nailed to the cross, and he just points at him and goes, dude. <laughs> and then hops back into the confessional booth. I just thought that was such a great choice. And then he stumbles out of the uh, church like, you know, and he looks up into the sun, and the sky is like gleaming at him in a in a beautiful way. And, and he then just this sees priest, a, Jesus. He sees Jesus in the sun, yeah, or in the clouds. 
And then there's some priest that he walks by. Um, and I forget what he gives up for Lent, but it's something really funny. He's, he was like Werther's Originals or something. Yeah, he's like, like those macaroons at the coffee <laughs> yeah. shop nearby. I understand the trials of Lent as well, my boy. He's like, I, I'm glad to see another young person trying to go through the same thing. And I just remember thinking that was really great, too. That, Jake, I think you liked the movie the most, I think. I don't know yeah. why I like this movie so much. I think it's just was so lighthearted. But, I mean, you know, we, we can get to the end. I didn't, like, hate weird, it. I didn't think no. it was... It's not an evil piece of media like town and country i mean i just yeah. thought it didn't really work yeah that was like that's my really that's like as harsh as i can really and my, my sensibility my sensibility is just different now so yeah. I, it, the, some of the laugh lines weren't hitting right i mean basically it, it, it's also kind of a little bit dated like shasta mcnasty for instance like shasta yeah. <laughs> but jake i will say i i do also enjoy the the relationship with the brother yeah but i did also feel like that it felt like it came out of a different movie. Like a, a how a, else would he do something for Lent though? You know, like what would be a better way to get Josh to like connect this to? Like, he could just try abstinence, right? I guess they wanted the countdown but feature. Well, yeah. I, I mean, we also we haven't even. I know I read this part of the synopsis from Wikipedia, right. but the setup involves while he keeps hooking up with these you know astoundingly beautiful women. Right. They like he'll like during sex he'll be hallucinating this. The ceiling cracking open into a black hole, yeah. yeah. And then, and then he's like in, uh, unable to to orgasm. Mm-hmm. And there's this this wacky scene where he's like has sex <laughs> with a woman, and then f- this is actually pretty funny. And yeah. he fakes an orgasm in this like l- weird, awkward moaning, <laughs> and then she doesn't believe that he actually did. She's like, "Show me the cum." Yeah, and then, yeah. And, then, and then he runs <laughs> out of the really, room really and gross. is trying to show me your cum. That scene also <laughs> ends really quickly. Yeah, he's trying to. Find a substance that'll that'll make like fake semen to pour into the condom. condom, so that he can bring it back into the room and be like, "Look, I told you, I did do it." And then, <laughs> so and then he ends up weird. accidentally just fling the the condom against the window, yep. and then it ends. Well, she he flings it against the window, and then the girl comes into the room and is like, "Did you get the cum to show me yet?" <laughs> and, and he's like, "Oh." And then, and his roommate's there too. And then all three. Because of them his roommate look at is obsessed with his sex life. Yeah, yeah. In a very it's just, concerning. Well, way. like but when like, he was fake coming, and he was like, "Oh, oh, yeah. oh, god!" Oh. And then she was just like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> Her reaction was pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. And and Josh's fake orgasm, pretty funny. Pretty very funny. funny. Yeah. Um, He's tried really hard. I think. I, I think he tries really hard in this movie, and I don't know. I guess maybe that's just a different sense uh, of it, but I, I, I think it's kind of laughing. It, it plays against type two to, to a degree that I think yeah. it, he, there could have been a funnier choice for his role. I, yeah. I, I also, well, part of, again, what I think is the issue is, so, you know, the kind of a heightened approach to the, uh, the heightened tone in the script and a lot of the style of the movie. Right. Josh is a fairly naturalistic actor, mm-hmm. and I think this movie called yeah. either... Uh, should have you know the rest of the movie should have been on the same level as him, yeah. Or you should have had like a bigger lead, or a lead actor giving a bigger performance. And like, that, I can even imagine like, I, I mean he's almost ten years older than Josh, but Brad I can see Pitt? like what Brad Pitt. No, I, I, was, Pitt. I was gonna say Paul Rudd. Mel oh, Gibson. Oh. well, yeah, of course, Paul Rudd would be great. I mean, for Paul this Rudd movie. can do everything. Yeah, but also, but it, if you need a guy to to comedically like be able to to like be both really like 
relatable and real, but also like ha- get really big. Yeah. yeah, I think like Paul Rudd would have been the kind of guy you wanted. Yeah, and, and and let's be honest, he's ten years older than Josh Hartnett, but he definitely could have played. Now look, the same I mean, now they look the same age. Guys, guys wait, guys, you know how old Paul Rudd is? Fifty. No, he's he's well, he's forty. He's sixty-eight, guys. Did you know that? That's so crazy. He's forty-eight. Oh shit. Well, it's like he. <laughs> He I'm is better uh, looking than ever. He is, I think, the second oldest of all the actors playing Marvel superheroes, <laughs> which is crazy because yeah. he just doesn't. He's got that. Like the, him and Keanu Reeves need to. We need to isolate whatever is going on and get that their physiology. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what a good exa- You know what I was thinking was like. Um, imagine the thought experiment would be: we all remember Jason Big fucking a pie. Yeah. Just put Josh Hartnett in that scene and tell me how comfortable you feel all of a sudden. How funny that would be. Mm. It'd be just less funny. Some, uh, I mean, it's hot. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like well, okay. to see it. <laughs> but it's also, yes. I mean, well, because that's that's part of the thing. Jason Biggs just looks awkward. You yeah. look at him and you're like, that's that's that an awkward guy. Point. He's he's probably gonna mess yeah. up and get himself into some <laughs> you, situations. You yeah, you don't buy that Josh has to resort to that suddenly. Like, it's oh, his he certainly last. doesn't. Yeah. But at the same time, you like know, it, the if if there was Jason Biggs just hooking up with like you know a, a beautiful woman every night, I'd also be like. I mean, it's it's enough of a stretch with Josh. Yeah. But I'm just like that is not a great way to endear us to a protagonist. But if it were Jason Biggs, I'd be like, no, fuck, not, get not the out fuck of here, Jason Biggs. Remember when that lady just accidentally bumps his head a little bit with the door, and then she's like, "How can I repay you for?" Yeah, and she licks her lips and stuff. And she what licks was her that? Lips. And I was like, come on, But this is man. why I, like, I think that's just where I was like, yeah, of course, in a normal movie, you would be like, that's ridiculous behavior. But I had already bought into the fact that everybody was comically, <laughs> like, basically just Lecherous. there to serve a purpose to either remind Josh that he is trying to hold this vow or, like, betting intensely against him, almost in an evil fashion. Right, because like, the, the idea are... is nobody is a real character around him. They're yeah. all just there to, like... Except for Shannon Sossaman. Right, except for his one... And, the, which the... makes sense to tr- isolate her as yeah. the person who's different. Right. The, the, you know. By the way, can I read... Uh, so, Roger Ebert's review for this movie is really interesting. Please do. He gave it three out of four stars. He liked it. I love Roger Ebert. He's great. He, he's, he's really great. But uh, He is. But, here, but here's a, a paragraph where he talks about Josh. Hartnett, he, uh, Hartnett shows here a breezy command of his charming, likable character. It is a reminder of his talent and versatility. After an actor stars in a movie that's widely disparaged, as Hartnett did with Pearl Harbor, there's an unfair tendency <laughs> to blame the film on him. The same thing happened to Kevin Costner after The Postman. Actors we liked fall out of favor, as if they didn't work just as hard, and hope, and hope as much for their flops as for their hits. Walking into this movie, I heard Pearl Harbor jokes, 40 days that will live in infamy. But during the screenings, the screenplay kicked in, and the next stage of Hartnett's career was officially declared open. I kind of wish that, that you know, I, I, I see what Ebert saw there, and I'm kind of like, I wish Josh had done more movies like this. Yeah. I didn't think he was bad, or, you know, obviously he's flexing new muscles that he hasn't tried before, but, right. yeah, developed before, but um, I thought he did a decent job. He's big and tall, so he's good at, like, flailing around, too. Yeah. And, it, I mean, also the moment when he avoids the kiss and goes for a high five and then falls down. Yeah. And trips backwards, yeah, and runs away. Yeah. Holding his butt. Also, it hurts. <laughs> and he is good at, like, <laughs> running dramatically. Yeah. Like the part where, oh, yeah, so. Again, part of uh, the inspiration for him deciding to go celibate is uh, he learns that his former girlfriend, uh, girlfriend, oh my god, I can't even talk. Girl, girl, you girl, got girl, girl, 
friend. Cool friend. Nice. Nicole. Yes. It's like the miracle worker in here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, his former girlfriend, Nicole. Is engaged. But can I just say the actress's name who plays her is Vanessa. 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 Vin- V-I. It's not Vanessa. It's V-I-N-E-S-S-A. It's like, Vanessa. like the female Vin Diesel. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Vanessa. Both two wildly attractive people. If only they got married. Oh, my God. <laughs> the wedding Vanessa, of Vin and Vanessa. Vin Anyway, sorry to or, disrupt that. What there, if our friends call her Vin? That'd well, be then there would be two uh, Vins. Fingers crossed. Her, Diesel and an Issa. But so, his his former girlfriend, who he is still hung up on, yeah. is a monster. And it's so unclear why they were. And you don't know low. until like more towards the end, though. Well, you, you kind of you know realize as soon as you meet her, because when they have the scene where 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 he and Erica they're on a date and then they run into Nicole and her fiance right uh, and the, the the two of them uh, Nicole and her fiance whatever his name is who was like a the youngest VIP at Morgan Stanley yeah they are loathsome just despicable people well in that meeting scene Josh is having an awkward date with Nicole because I don't think he's Erica full, Erica sorry Nicole god damn it I'm getting it all mixed up Erica and um, because now it's out in the open at this point, and Erica's aware that he's trying to do this vow of celibacy for the forty days, so they're having an awkward first, or they're having an awkward date, and uh, somehow over the course of that date, his arm gets set on fire, <laughs> and uh, he's flailing. It's in funny, the, that's funny. In the bar, and his it arms on fire. Funny. And so this is the first time you get to meet his old girlfriend, who he was deeply in love with. She he, walks up to him. He's also trying to sn- like sneak away, sneak away from her, and then gets his arm and lit then on gets fire. Lit on fire, and then gets caught by his ex girlfriend. See, this and is she where walks I th- up. And sorry, then, okay. This is where his reactions were weak for me comedically. I thought his like light on fire arm was funny, but his whole like sneaking away. I don't know, coughing, staring, kind of a little too long. I can't describe it in a like good way, but it, I just the, didn't like again, it. Again, the, the movie I think called for something bigger, right, and, Jake, and I, I think he underplays it. Jake, what? Yeah, a little bit, but that's yeah, that's what he's. Yeah, doing. but and that's the scene where we really meet her because earlier on he, someone told him that she was getting engaged, and he he runs over and sees outside her her office. The apologies There's for the, the sirens. sirens in the background. Yep. It's inevitable. But he he sees the her workplace is holding an engagement party for her, and she'd gotten engaged to this guy. She met. She'd known for, like, what, like, two weeks? She went away for, like, two weeks and yeah. came back engaged. But she sucks. Like, we don't understand at all what he he saw in her and why he cared about her so much because she's awful. And can we just skip ahead? Because <laughs> we it, it has to be addressed. In the, no pun in, eh, some pun intended. Lean into it. In the climactic scene. <laughs> the climax of the movie. Yeah. In the big climax that the whole movie is building to. <laughs> yes. She rapes him. <laughs> yeah. She sneaks into she his apartment him. while he is, for other silly reasons, handcuffed to a bed. And he's unconscious. Like the wolfman. <laughs> like the wolfman. And she rapes him. Well, this is that's probably the, big... the only mainstream comedy uh, in which the hilarious climax literally <laughs> is a woman raping a man. Well, I'm just all I was saying though about that earlier scene is you don't even need to see that last scene, which is very problematic. But when I they think first even beyond being problematic, her, it's just weird. It's very weird. It's, it's very. It's strange. shot in a hallucinatory way as well. Again, because he's feverish with cum, <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> it's like it's like it's <laughs> blocked up. Yeah, it's yeah. just in his brain, and he like sees her as, like, four different women before she, like, 
resolves into her true and form. also you know he's already made plans this is the end of his 40 days erica yeah. is going to come over to the apartment there's like an alarm set yeah and then they will finally have sex yeah and uh and, but yeah nicole you know the, first they underutilized nicole's boyfriend though because them together as a couple was also like they were so villainous so villainous and so good and i was really hoping for more of them but then it just she just finds out he cheated on her pretty quickly and comes crying back to to Josh but and then is turned on by Josh's vow of celibacy and you know his his newfound strength of character yeah yeah he, he sort of stands up for himself more than i guess he had been doing Maggie Gyllenhaal's in this movie oh, okay we, we, yeah we've got to talk about this because Maggie Gyllenhaal is just the best friend to the love interest right like and it's funny because she'll go on to become much more famous than Shannon Sossaman. What but, happened to Shannon Sossaman? Well, let's see. Uh, do you want to know? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I, I say that as if, oh, there's a big story. But Shannon Sossaman is one of these interesting people of the same era right. that seemed like she might be really big and then didn't become really big because her, her breakout movie was A Knight's Tale. <laughs> okay, yeah. Right. And uh, she's Heath Ledger's love interest. All right, cool. And a uh, good movie. And uh, she's—I remember her being solid in it, but also that was part of the thing. She looks very modern, yeah. And you know, a nice tale. Part of the hook is all the anachronisms, like the music and right. like the style. And so she's very modern looking. Like her hair is styled in a really modern way. She looks like the Fern Gully, uh, yeah. Pixie but, and, but she's the princess, right? And then that movie was a big surprise hit, and that kind of like launched Heath Ledger as like a leading man, yeah. And then coming off of that, I think she had this. But then what's weird is skip ahead three years, and she's just the pink-haired girl in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, which is – I love that movie, but it's barely a role. Yeah. She's the one who gets shot and then falls <laughs> off the bed, and then Robert Downey Jr. just, like, looks at her as she's dying. Yeah. Like, like she weird. just fell off so quickly. Cool movie and to randomly get in, though. I, I know. I mean, if you're if you're gonna have like a tiny insignificant yeah, role in something, have it be yeah, that. Bro. And she gets, sh I believe, she gets shot by is it Dash Mihawk? I don't know. That's and, uh, the so actor's close. name. Dash yeah. Mihawk. It's so close to Jack Mihawk, the <laughs> <laughs> the pun name. Getting back to this. But yeah, Shannon Sosman yeah, was, was one of the people it. who in the early 2000s seemed uh, also like she has Shannon with a Y in it, mm -hmm. and. It, Seemed like, you know, she might become, you know, part of this new era of movie stars. She's she, very it girlish. She's very it girlish. She also reteamed with Heath Ledger and Brian. This is, we brought up a lot of Brian Helgeland movies. <laughs> he, well, he directed Payback with Mel Gibson. He yeah. directed A Knight's Tale. And he also directed the Heath Ledger starring movie The Order in 2003, which was a flop, which was hmm. like a sort of uh, dark, kind of horrorish thriller involving the Catholic Church. Sure. And uh, and then like after that, yeah, I mean like looking at her filmography, she did an episode of Law and Order SVU, and then she's in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and then you did such a good job as a dead body. Yeah, and then she does she did random TV things, but yeah, it uh her, her kind of dropped off. So do you want to hear what Maggie Gyllenhaal says yes. about this movie? No. Oh, just in the movie as her character. Yes, because you know. Obviously, uh, Erica finds out about the vow of abstinence through the net because <laughs> the internet plays a, f a weirdly like strong role throughout. And we have to address the fact that uh, Erica and whoever Maggie Gyllenhaal's character's name is, yeah, they work at like 
a porn monitoring site company? she's a what is it like a net nanny what well, it's called he, cyber nanny? cyber nanny which just means and she explains it in the movie she watches she scours over like certain websites to make sure that they don't get like what uh it's it's like seo almost stuff like yeah. she, she oh, makes sure that kids searching for like sandbox don't see sandy's box i forgot right, about and that. stuff yeah. like that but uh, also she's basically caters to the safe search feature let me just say people's maggie google the same year that this movie came out secretary came out oh weird yeah so it's like it's weird that maggie gyllenhaal isn't this she's like she'd already uh done things like like i mean she has like a small role in donnie darko mm-hmm. with her brother and uh and then like immediately after this she's in like Adaptation, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Mona Lisa Smile, like, <laughs> uh, you know, the just like, like a, a bunch of like, you know. Cinema. Yeah. Let's and say it, cinema. It, yeah. It's just, it, it's. Kino. I had no idea she was in this and it was a surprise. <laughs> she goes, so Erica's like, yeah, he's, I guess he's doing this absence thing, like, sucks. I want to sleep with him. He's really attractive. And then Mally Gyllenhaal goes, yeah, really? He won't like. I don't know how he he he's gonna do that. You know, you can pass off two days without a kiss, but three days, and you're a friggin' homo. <laughs> yep. And we're back in 2002. Yeah. The word homo is used, I think, about four times in reference specifically to guys not seeming horny. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you aren't like hilariously, cartoonishly horny and begging for sex like a like a goon by like the second hour you're if hanging you out with walking woman, around fully erect you're straight homo dude yeah you gay son and so uh, <laughs> we, we should talk about the uh romantic su- subplot plot you know because it's, it's a main part of the movie so you know josh d- goes to do his laundry on a friday night after he's taken this vow right yeah. and also immediately after taking this vow like, before people even know about it, it starts working against him. Yeah. And so he goes to his laundry at this, again, dingy fight club laundromat. <laughs> on a fri- My laundrette. On a Friday night. And he also has this secret place in the laundromat behind a <laughs> sign that he stashes his detergent. Yeah, that a was hole confusing. in the wall that it, maybe he made. Yeah. yeah. Just chiseled out of one of the bricks and in the side of the wall. It serves a purpose And later. so, and then Shannon Sossman comes in, just seeming like, you know, she's not a manic pixie dream girl, but she is, like quirky in a way that most of the other women in the movie well, are Well, if not. you notice, she's all bundled up for Laundry Jane, a way that I think was supposed to be, like, to, to not quite key us in on that she was slim and attractive. Right. She's desexualized <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Despite being, like, very Her attractive self. Yeah. yeah. And so, and she keeps kind of chatting with him because they're there. They're kind of, like, waiting for their laundry to be done at the same time. And I did enjoy this scene where he's, she keeps trying to just, like, strike up a conversation or just at, she, like, asks him for, like, change like for yeah. the, the and washing dryer machine. sheets and detergent yeah. and he why? is and he's yeah. like why is no why why is this girl talking to me now like the timing is so bad and he do, does not utter a word to her yeah so he just he's like a mute through the i whole was scene. like was that part of abstinence was not speaking i was confused for a little while i, I think like, he's why just the fuck worried is he just that saying he will break here. his vow if he gets it's so hard with for a, him a girl that he like finds very cute if, they, yeah. if she hears his like dulcet tones well as we've seen in the rest of the like bust in, on the bus ride home yeah if you remember bus everything ride. leading up till now every woman who <laughs> speaks to him then they end up in bed together yeah, yeah. so it's true it's a it's a smash cut he's like, trying to avoid literally. that oh <laughs> it's so easy that's the other thing about sex comedy it's so easy to just like put a little just, stank on some word and, and it suddenly innuendo you do mean yeah right you mean the sexing yeah exactly 
And uh, but then they they meet again at the laundromat, mm-hmm. and meanwhile they, he's being straight up bullied by everyone else in his at life. Work. Well, because his roommate, again, cl- the closest thing he has to a friend in the movie, who just seems like a bad person who doesn't like him very much, no. <laughs> just tells everybody, and they start a betting pool that ends up like thousands of dollars go into this thing. Yeah, yeah I think I think it ends up around eighteen thousand dollars by the end of the movie. It's yes, crazy. it does. Yeah. Until yeah, his they're ex all trying to like thirty five hundred dollars exactly, yeah. and which she, yeah, she I, earns. I, I presume she wins because yeah, uh, yes. via rape, everyone's betting on <laughs> yeah. on what day he will break the vow. Yeah, and so and oh, and then also they they do go on a date. Mm-hmm. A weird date where they just ride the bus for a long Which, time. Which, by the way, was the one time the movie used green screen. And it's and rough. It was it's rough. rough. That's exactly- and I was like, you couldn't put Josh Hartnett and Shannon Sossman on a fucking bus <laughs> Also, you're already no sh- green screen? And you're shooting in San Francisco. Yeah. This isn't the room. Yeah, I was about you to say. You don't have to fake San Francisco via like, green screen. Oh, Josh, he's got... You know how everybody has their special quirky date that they like to go on? Well, Josh is, is going, riding the bus just around San Francisco for hours. I hate this no trope, food. too. And then cut to them sitting on the bus, and they're not on a bus. They're in a like fucking yeah. warehouse. But also, most of it is a montage, so we we see them chatting. Crossfades, a lot of crossfades. Yeah, fades. but and sometimes with strangers sitting between them. Well, yeah, yeah. and well, this this is also an issue for me because this is supposed to be their relationship deepening and them yeah. getting to like care about each other more, know each other better on a personal level. But most of it is just a montage, and we don't. We don't actually experience yeah. them, th- their relationship growing. We yeah. just watch them being near each other for a, a long period of time. And we, then the we bus assume, parks. too. Just, there's just, there's just uh, crossfades. We don't even know how long it is. Uh-uh. Yeah. I guess it's, it's night day. when they're done. It's all day they're on the I bus. I just wrote, yeah, I wrote, shitty green screen bus date. They were probably really annoying to the other commuters. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Here's another problem I had, though. Um, before their date is even over, they stay on the bus past the bus being a bus They like, just in go town. to the dispatch. It yeah. goes to the dispatch area, parks, <laughs> and everybody leaves, including the driver, and they're like sandwiched between a ton of other empty buses, and nobody asks them to leave. Yeah. Like, and that, that's illegal. Yeah. The, the bus driver would be like, all <laughs> right, arrest. this is the end. Get off the bus. <laughs> We've got to clean it now. Yeah, we got to clean the you bus. You have to. Hey, man, why don't you be at lost? Because we're kind of hitting it off. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Maybe he has like a repertoire with a uh, with rapport. A rapport repertoire. <laughs> yeah, that's a word that I've only read. So <laughs> yeah. uh, there you go. And um and just knows you know that this is what Josh likes to do when he wants to get to know somebody well, a little that's bit a, better. That's, that's his move. And well, he, he winks. And but he's Josh, like, you should be doing your yours, move. Buddy. I mean, like he's dumb enough that he's going on, on a date. It's like honestly, like you couldn't wait a little bit. Hey man, when love know, strikes, right? what are you gonna do? Get on that bus. You know, it's not something you wait for. Get, you get, on, strikes, you get on the bus. <laughs> even a small bus. It's still a big, <laughs> big bus. bus. Uh, we're not. I'm not even gonna explain that. But look it up. Google I it. think <laughs> the humicorn. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, you're right. They they don't do the work of saying why that moment is important. What they do instead, because they still want to make sure you think that, is they cut to the guys at the betting pool who find out that he's been dating people and or dating this one girl, so then, like, changing their bets up, describing the concept, where they're like, yeah, every guy has their secret special spot. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I'm like, this isn't a thing at all. Yeah, it's not. Every guy, he's like, yeah, mine's the post office. And, yeah. like, it's just like, if I really like a girl, I take her to Whole Foods or whatever. It's just like... Yeah. Well, so there's a place you go on a generic You date, can't you just say this and yeah. make right. me believe it's real. But so then he's back at work, and, and he discovers... 
that uh, that everyone knows about this and then sees the website that they've made where there's like a, a flash animation thing of him mm-hmm. and then also and then sees that it's like you know like monitored by the cyber nanny by the cyber nanny that she works at so he's like oh no she knows and so he runs to her place of work where everyone recognizes him immediately and she's furious at him because she thinks i think that he did, did, did this on a bet right yeah like how long could he date her without her suspecting this right. sort of weird she thinks rule. it's almost like a she's all that scenario yeah. where she's part of a bet and actually yeah. she has nothing to do with it Mm-mm. no so she's, fact, really, she's making the bet harder. She's an inconvenience. Yeah. And then he's like, like all women. Oh, <laughs> dating would be so much easier. <laughs> Weren't for them. But so, and then they, I guess he like, manages to get her. To, is this where she, she like, doesn't want to talk to him that he like wins. He like brings her flowers or whatever. Like this is one of many weird fights that they have. Yeah. Where it doesn't yeah. last long enough to have feel like any stakes are involved. Yeah. Like anytime there's a conflict in this movie cuz it goes through the normal rom-com beats of mm-hmm. like complication, something catches up with him. Someone didn't tell someone else something important, yeah, uh, but they find out. They do find out and th- but then it resolves very quickly, right? Yeah, because she that, immediately that... is convinced that, that that wasn't a big deal. Well, he just comes back to the the laundromat, right? And yeah, sort of half apologizes by giving her some deodorant. He put or, something no, sorry, in the yeah. hole, in that yeah. weird hole he made in the yeah, wall yeah. for her or something. They use that a lot to, like, that, the weird detergent hole to send messages, <laughs> to leave cards, to leave uh, gifts and stuff like that. Anyway, that's when they end up on that date where they run into Nicole. Who, again, hole. Nicole, I don't get, like, uh, Erica is yes. a real person. He, she's, like, she's nice. You yeah. get why he likes her. Nicole, who he dated for years and was obsessed with, is evil. She's just a, a, a truly terrible person. Yeah, I know. And is now appropriately dating a terrible person who works for Morgan Stanley. <laughs> like I was trying to say earlier, though, oh. when Josh's arm sets on fire, this is her first line, right? When she encounters him with his arm set on fire, the, this is what the first thing you hear. The woman that he was like madly in love with. And you'd think the movie would want to establish some sense of like, oh, I get why... They may have like had such an intense relationship before. He just goes, you know, he he puts the fire on in his arm and just goes, "Oh, uh, how how are you doing?" And she goes, "Better than you are at the moment." Yeah, <laughs> and, like laughs. Her ex boyfriend of many years, his arm was on fire, and she just laughs at him. Right, she doesn't care about it's him. Terrible at yeah. all. Yeah, and then. Yeah, and the only reason she gets involved in the story really is she learns about this betting pool, and is like, "Oh, I can." win money and then make you feel bad by and like, <laughs> because she broke up with him and yet she wants revenge on him pretty much well, well she immediately gets rehorny for him well, i think she gets mad too because her hus- her uh, fiance cheats on her that's true and so she realizes that that relationship is kind of falling apart and so she goes back to josh but now is like a little like knows that he's dating someone new and I think well, she maybe goes back there's like a tinge of jealousy and kind of resentment that he seems like he's moving on now, I, including... I think the dynamic was supposed yeah. to be like, she is just very attractive, and yeah. he was he was completely infatuated physically. And yeah. that's like, they don't really make that clear enough for you to get his... It would have made it easier to understand the abstinence thing, probably. Yeah. But then she comes back to this easy prey to dom- be domineering. Yeah. yeah. And then she's extra attracted because he's not he says, no, rolling away. over. Yeah. But she's mostly just mad and then commits a crime and so and, that, <laughs> and that's a lot of the end of the story but yeah. then leading up to that as we're getting like into the final 10 days mm-hmm. then his co-workers are really trying to just like sure some pun intended go hard yep. uh in terms of like you know the 
the lengths they'll go to to try to get Josh to break the uh, the abstinence pledge. Yeah. And so again, every every woman in the workplace throws themselves at him. Like two women come into the. You know, like the the, the storage, storage the storage room. closet yeah. or the storage room, and just start making out with each other. Right, and he's just always like flustered and freaking yeah. out. And they offer him deals. They're like, "Look, I want to win this bet, but like, like in order I'll, to incentivize you, I'll, I'll give you split half. the yeah the winnings." He's with being you and it's like nine thousand dollars at yeah. that point, isn't it? Yeah, he, he's being straight. He's being so yeah. sexually harassed by literally every single if he employee. went to HR. HR was trying to suck his dick and stuff. Though, oh you know yeah. What I mean? like, it, mm-hmm. Like literally, he's like, people are like giving him porno mags and like, jerk it. I want you to come. Well, go in the bathroom and jerk off. Yeah, and he, he almost does. And they lock him in the bathroom. Well, like, well, well at, at that point, he's remember being his, assaulted. His, his boss has also tried to take this pledge and is having a much tougher time with it. And then one of his <laughs> one of his coworkers tries to uh, put crushed up Viagra into his, his orange, orange juice. juice, and then his boss drinks it by mistake, and then his boss again. Uh, pretty much sexually harasses this other woman at work, and then just yeah. locks himself inside one of the the stalls, and just <laughs> and just and just jerks off like <laughs> ten times that day. Just throws thick well, ropes all. And Josh over has that to has wall. to like flee out a window. We'll backtrack, yeah, like ten minutes from that scene because Josh Wall his his boss now has a huge erection. It runs into the bathroom, and so Josh has another coworker approach him and just goes, "Look, we're thirty five days in, man." You've basically won. Like, what more do you need to? You've basically won this thing. What more do you need to prove to anybody here? I want to win this money, and I think you want to win some of this money too. He sort of does like the split bet a little bit, right? And then he's just like, "Take this porno mag, which I just have in my hand. It's a penthouse. Penthouse. You like this, don't you?" And Josh is like, "Ugh." At this point, Josh is like subverbal and like (laughs) trembling, (laughs) and he's like, "Just take this, go in the bathroom, and just rub one out for the two of us. Come on, we're gonna win this money. Come on, baby!" And then so Josh, some caves in at this moment, which is a weird moment to cave in because it's like, yeah, he he doesn't try and give. He just doesn't fight it. He just goes into the bathroom. You know, this is my favorite part of the movie because this is where the cartooning cartooniness finally sold it for me. Because of how horny he is, <laughs> that he's just trembling and can't. Everything looks fuckable. He's like stroking a Mrs. Buttersworth. Oh, no, no, syrup bottle. Is it, is it, I thought that was like the next day. I thought that was later. We're at like day thirty-nine or yeah, something. Well, it, yeah, it's it's the final day. The final day for me was uh, you know day forty. <laughs> this was the funniest because you know he just gets up in the morning and just you, you see like camera pulls back and you see just like as he wakes up, there's a tent. In, in in like the bed sheets and it's just like his dick, and so and he just has this boner that will not go away. And so it's at this point it's like routine. He gets up out of bed, he pours this like pitcher of ice water, and then pours it on his dick to try to get it to go down. Classic mm-hmm. remedy. And that that's when he's that's when he's lovingly stroking the Mrs. Butter, uh, Buttersworth bottle, and he just he's like so gone. It's like he's on the brink. Oh wait, I wrote down what he said. I think he says. She's so filled with buttery sweetness. <laughs> <laughs> also, he goes to the coffee shop and it's no bras day. Mm. Uh, is he not hallucinating? No, at no, this no. Point? And There's a point where is? he's hallucinating. Some of it he's hallucinating, and women yeah. don't have, and that's just a gratuitous no, the, breasts everywhere. The, that yeah, yeah. Well, that's I mean, different. It's but like that scene in the mask. There was no bras that? at the coffee shop day or something. I think that was like a joke, but like. Right, because that had happened earlier. Because he's telling someone about yeah. it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I was at the coffee shop, and, and it was just like every it's just like hot women. None of them were wearing bras. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, oh, and he's like looking, and he's doing the broad like eyes wide thing. Yeah, he's flexing those eyes. 
Oh gosh. Yeah, I'm sure know. there was a stunt double or wires attached to his upper They just CG'd his eyes. And they just pulled him up, yeah. Because that seemed like a stretch for his him. His boss is literally they cut to his boss during his period of abstinence and he's eating like an orange or something and it looks straight up like labia lips and he's just <laughs> yeah. slurping. Oh, he it just up. puts his fingers in <laughs> he it. He just rubs he his doesn't fingers even eat his orange. He's just literally sticking no, his fingers. No, he does lick it after orange. That oh, part God. is very strange. And I guess should we just go to the pseudo sex scene with Erica? Uh, before we there's well we should say on that final day everywhere he goes it's just he's just hallucinating women at, this is where most of the nudity in the movie is yeah, the, yeah, the women they, just become naked just they like, backload he's, it he's like walking down the street and it's just <laughs> naked women everywhere yeah and he's freaking out <laughs> um, he's okay. about to pop that's just like my favorite he really does kind of convey that. It's kind of good. It's kind yeah. of funny. Th- yeah. That is one of, like, one of the funnier, more successful stretches of the movie, I think. Right. Just like 10 minutes. Yeah. Honestly, that feels like what it should have been, like, kind of, like, that, not, it, should have, it shouldn't have been pitched to that level the whole time, but that right. kind of vibe. And uh, it's, like, it's almost like a paranoia thriller. Where... <laughs> Which is why it's shot in icy blue, Pat. So yeah, we maybe that's, maybe that's the what they were trying to do. cinematographer's intentions, okay? Yeah. Um, is this supposed to be like, you know, the payback of masturbation movies? Yeah. You know, we already said it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so now we get to the, the whole, like, the climax. Yeah. Where wait, wait, wait. I thought we wanted to talk about the flower sex scene. That's what, oh, oh, yeah. That. That's what I was trying to say. Because this oh, happens a little yeah, bit before yeah, yeah. the final day, but it's sort of like, you know, him and Erica spend an evening together. They're having and, a spiritual and, connection. Uh, yeah, because he's managed to obviously apologize after the initial misunderstanding where she's like, what the fuck? You're like, and on then a about Nicole. Pool. What's going on here? They do their charming date on the bus and stuff, and so they're they're hitting it off again. And then, um, but they obviously both of them really want to have sex with each other. And so the way that they sort of Josh and Erica j- dance around this is he's brought flowers to her apartment as like a gift. And can I just say, and, yeah, this scene is re- uh, Empire Magazine in 2005 ranked this number eight on the top ten worst movie sex scenes. Mm, interesting. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> So he's, it's so funny, though. It, yeah, it's one notch behind Gili. So what does he bring? Is it white roses or is it? it doesn't matter. No, They're not roses. I'm not roses. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a flower expert, but they're not roses. Yeah. So some white petaled flower, right? Sure. And uh, and he um, just rhododendrons. Like undress, uh, rhododendrons, ah. and he rubs them. Uh, on, on her, her, on her face. On her Initially, face. they're kind of stroking each other's faces with them because they're yeah. like they're avoiding physical contact. For too long, right. they're kind of rubbing flowers on each other's faces and making very sexual noises while it's happening. Because yeah. it, it, it looks silly. Because they're literally just like shoving flowers and into it's their suppo- faces. and it's no, played no, no, straight and it's supposed sexually. to be attractive. Yeah. It's all shot with beautiful like soft lighting and it smells nice too. That you know? ninety that like nineties R and B kicks in. Yeah, yeah. Shaw Day and or something. Then, and then they sort of disrobe. She gets down to her underwear, underwear and right. he's also he, he gets he takes his shirt off. Yeah, but has his yeah his shoes on still. <laughs> yeah, his, his pants are on, and <laughs> he's about to do the White sneakers, gardening. and then he just kind of places flower petals on her torso yep. and blows them In down across, the length yeah. of her torso toward her crotch. Yeah, and then and she climaxes. Yeah, <laughs> he blows a petal, and it sort of gets hooked in the her, the waistband of her underwear. Yep, right. and then he just blows maybe like three times, and she 
comes. Yeah, no. And it's, it's very... so funny. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just playing this like R&B music and it's played completely with not for laughs. And can I point out my favorite thing about this is that at the end of the quote-unquote sex scene, the camera you, it pulls back to a wide shot and they're in the, the living, living room, room. <laughs> in a not, pile they, of mattresses. They didn't go so to like her a, bedroom. They're yeah. next to the couch. It's it, like they just put a mattress on the floor of the nicely furnished living room. It doesn't even look like they put a mattress down. It looks like they took the couch cushions off. Yeah. And it, just let's put make them on a the fort. <laughs> but, and we've already established that, that she has a roommate. I know. <laughs> I know. Maggie Gyllenhaal's been putting up a lot of shit. She's in the other room. Like, there is no reason why this happened in the living room. And she really has to go to the bathroom, probably. And it's like, I li- cannot step out. And she just like tries to like hobble over to the bathroom. <laughs> and she just looks over and she just sees Josh on all fours just blowing on her Power crotch. <laughs> She's, She's like, like, God damn what it. What the fuck is this? <sighs> country ass. <laughs> so anyway, they oh, have like... Brent wasn't so high in San Francisco. <laughs> so they have some sort single. of tantric, full body orgasm, you know... Yeah. What's the Kundalini? <laughs> <laughs> What is, isn't there that weird like full body orgasm thing where like people are like float their hands over each, their partner's bodies and right. like apparently it's supposed to be like far more powerful and sure and some sort of like energy waves are coming that out of That sounds pretty San Franciscan. But this is also yeah. one of those things where because this scene is played totally straight right. it's at odds with the like really heightened like wackiness of the rest of the movie. And then it's gross because he's just back at the office and he's just straight up sniffing the flowers. Just like, yeah. like oh, right, yeah. <laughs> he's just he's smelling like, the flowers. Yeah, I remember. I remember. So, so like, really what happens after this? So there, there's there's the right. wacky rape scene. And also before that, he's <laughs> like... It's not gloss over it. Well, okay, so he, he, goes, he gets back home. He has this whole plan for the remaining hours. And right. that, that night, when it, when it crosses the, the number of the 40 days and 40 nights, his alarm goes off, and Erica is going to come over, and they're going to yeah. have sex. And keep in mind, he's in full hallucination mode. So right. he, doesn't, he no longer can trust his own senses. We got to talk so, about it. And so he gets his roommate yep. to ha- uh, chain him or handcuff his, him to His the roommate, bed. who is also just about to go out with another— Yet another person. Another woman who's—she's like, she's like a cyber goth or something. Yeah. Like, she looks like, really— Like a supermodel, but dressed almost in bondage gear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A dominatrix. Perhaps. Yeah, and, and again, it's like, what— is the deal with his roommate. My tastes are unconventional. <laughs> He's horny. That's literally the only well, deal with his roommate. But I get that, but I, I, I'm also just like, why? Do, what do these women see in him? Because he Nothing. should... He should just be honestly. I feel like the roommate should just be the sort of like you know like the nerdy, frustrated friend who does not have the success with women that Josh does. Yeah, he has like yeah, he's a little confusing in that way. You're right. Yeah, he's and he has like, handcuffs. On he's kind of like the kid. In, he's kind of like the Jumanji kid in Faculty. <laughs> what, why are you here and why are you dating her? Or why is she dating you? Yeah, and it must be for. But yeah, so, so no, you mean Jumanji and, Kid in Halloween? Halloween H two O. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, yes. Halloween Water. God, I'm and so, so anyway, stupid. so th- this. This woman, she has handcuffs, and Josh is like, handcuff me to the bed. Yeah. And uh, so I don't do anything. And this led to another one of my favorite lines, because I, I was the one that laughed at the pointing at Jesus and saying, dude. But he like just sort of like takes in the situation for a split second, where he's just handcuffed to the bed, and he just looks at himself, he's like, I want Jesus on the cross right now. <laughs> They're like, we, did we do enough Lent iconography? <laughs> I just kind of like the lighthearted way that he delivered that line, He's too. like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm like Jesus on the cross right now. I look like Jesus on the cross. But then cross. he just totally falls into a fever dream. Yeah. Yeah. And where he's flying through the sky and then <laughs> the kind of emerges through the clouds into what can only be described as a sea of boobs. A, a sea of no- boobs. Sorry, sorry, a 
pulsating, <laughs> like 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 writhing, undulating, undulating sea of boobs. And it's you know what it really started to gross me out because you know it's the first disgusting. thing that popped into my head what was the sea of boobs started to remind me what the inside of your lower lip feels like with like the bumps. <laughs> And, I, and that yeah. that thought popped into my head, and I was just like, "That is, there's some cognitive dissonance happening yeah, I was right just, now." I was they, like, "I can't see a sea of boobs," and also think of like lip, like mouth. But Do you know why yeah. they did the green screen bus why? to afford the sea of boobs? Because it, they are they're CGI. It's obviously. top of the line. Well, CGI. They went on location, and he's also <laughs> they and went he, to the sea of boobs. But then he also flies down like between in like through the canyons, <laughs> yeah, of the nipples and like. It was so. It's just a pulsating. Ugh. It was like Cronenberg. It was. It, it, it is. It totally H. is. H.P. Lovecraft, just horrifying. It's it honestly. Flesh. It's one of the stranger scenes I've seen in a film in 2018. It was maybe. It was scarier. It scared me. <laughs> I remember being like. Did you have nightmares after this? No, I was watching it at work, and uh, <laughs> and that happened. And I, you both had warned me that this was coming, but I forgot, and I was just like. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and it was just, yeah, I really didn't yeah. like it. To make it very it's clear, disturbing. Matt watched this at work, and this scene is and absolutely not him. safe for work. No. So and if you're at work, my, big, my boss comes over and he's just like, what are you doing? I pause it and just write. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? And the flower of, scene. It's a sea of boobs. You know, 40 days and 40 nights. It's a world of boobs. <laughs> no, Matt, if you just say, oh, it's for my Josh Hartnett podcast. <laughs> They'll be totally fine. You rapscallion. <laughs> Everyone will understand. Anyway, so uh, so Josh gets raped. Yeah, and, uh, and he then he kind of he, he wakes up out of his fever dream to Nicole like on top getting of off him, of him, getting off much. of him. Yeah, and then she reveals that you know she's like, I knew, I found out about your little bet. Big the door just happened and to be I open. Still That's crazy. Yeah, and I, I like how it's like she still had her key, and yeah. so it was going to get in anyway. But him was like, eh, but the door was open. <laughs> I know. Anyway, I'm raping you, but yeah. you know, yeah. thanks for making and, it a but little then easier. On her way out, she passes Erica, who's arriving, who is right. who the door was left open for, yeah. and then also the bed just like falls. Like Josh, well, trying he rips to, it apart. Trying to get out, just the bed falls apart, but he's still strapped to with a metal headboard. Yeah, but then he can't get through the doorway, and so he's like, Erica, no, I didn't, I didn't know it was it's happening. It's not what it looks I, like. I thought she was you. And then yeah, she yeah. she storms out, and there's this sort of like romantic comedy thing where you know there's like a misunderstanding, and someone's angry at someone else, <laughs> right, and then he, yeah. then he has to like make a big yeah, gesture yeah. to like to win her back, yeah. and then he does, and then they final, and then now that it's the it's over, they finally get it's to the, the, the card says Lent plus ten, yeah, <laughs> because there's a title card. <laughs> That's how I do that, that that was too. dumb. Yeah, and then they finally have sex, and then like the joke then is that. They've been having like a marathon sex session for isn't it like thirty eight hours forty, like days. like, like a crazy number of like like more than a day yeah and impossible then all, and all the guys from work are then gathered in the living room listening. with a new bedding pool kind of watching TV but also just no, listening. no 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 playing a PlayStation One fishing game <laughs> yeah because one guy has the kind of like. Like PlayStation controller version of a re- like a fishing reel, nice. And because that's that that's what cool you know tech guys did, did yeah, in the you early two thousands on the TV. I know, and so uh, and then they're like, and then eventually, then Josh like comes out of the room to like get some snacks from the kitchen, and then sees all the guys there, and then no, he gets a Gatorade, a, a Gatorade, <laughs> electrolytes, electrolytes. <laughs> Uh. And then uh, kind of then like guys leave, and then does what he should have done at the very beginning. Like, and then have you guys been here this whole time. But 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 then he kicks his roommate out of the apartment. The roommate's like, I don't have my key, and he's like, okay, and then kicks him out. Yep. 
Yeah, and, and then, then they go, if he fucks that much, he's going to die. And then the one guy's like, I'll bet on that. No, no, I, I really <laughs> I'll put like in $10. That line. He goes, nobody can fuck that much that it would kill them. And he's like, you want to place a bet? And the guy goes, on if he's going to die? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll place a bet. <laughs> and then the other guy goes, I don't have a life. Let me do it. <laughs> and then it ends. And, and then, then hard then, cut to the credits. Yeah. And also, and then, by the way, there's a scene that we have not talked about at all. Whoa. And uh, yeah. and so I'm going to just read Roger Ebert's review talking about it because he calls Aww, it Roger Ebert. He calls it the single funniest scene in the movie. Oh, what do you got for us, Roger? What made him the movie's? Uh, so here's Roger Ebert my jaw. on Four Days and Four Nights. <laughs> the movie's single <laughs> guys. Show some respect. Sorry. The movie's single funniest scene involves dinner with his parents where his father, who has just had a hip replacement, is delighted to show oh, him a yeah. checklist of sexual positions still workable, oh, even while he is still wearing the cast. Oh, right. The second funniest scene <laughs> involves a roommate who bursts into Matt's flat with an ultraviolet lamp to, to check for telltale secretions on the sheets. I laughed so hard at that scene. Did I'm you really? The, yeah. the blacklight scene? Yeah. Or the parent scene? Oh, both. Really? Yeah. Should we all say our number one laugh lines? Because I think we did that earlier. Uh, oh, off I know mic? mine. No, right now. Uh, no, no, we did it off mic. Yeah, yeah, we did do that. Off um, mic. Oh, wait, wait. I'm. I have my line right up. Uh, I'm. I'm trying to remember mine. What was? There's mine? too many. They well, came fast and thick, like the come. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, mine was when uh, the light socket in his wall, and he is now on the 40th day and completely toxified by semen. Uh, starts to make moaning noises like a porn star, and then his roommate and, and his his roommate's infinite supply of girlfriends come in, and uh, they go, "What are you doing, buddy?" And he goes, "I was about to fuck that light socket." <laughs> <laughs> All breathy, yeah. So that was my favorite one. Oh, I remember my favorite line. All right. So a character we have not mentioned at all is uh, Bagel Guy. Right. He's the guy who delivers the bagels to all the different sort of like tech companies in the area, played by Matthew, oh no, sorry, Michael Morana, aka Big Pete from The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Right. And so everyone kind of knows Bagel Guy because, you know, he, he he's kind of like the, the link between everyone's different places of work. Yeah. And he, gives, he carbs up those tech guys. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, I think it's through Everything him that he finds out that, that, that Nicole got engaged. And yeah. so he's at Nicole's office. And uh, and then she looks at him, and I think he's just talking to someone else about you know what Josh is up to. And she goes, "Hey, bagel guy," <laughs> and there's like a quick push in on his face. He looks amazing. He goes, "You know my name." <laughs> that is a good line. <laughs> and uh, I chuckled. Um, I, I I've said a couple lines that I like already, but another line that made me laugh, and we sort of mentioned it already, which is just the roommate. His name's Ryan, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, we don't know if we said that at all. Paolo, Paolo Costanzo. Costanzo. <laughs> oh wow! Yes, not expecting that. Yes, and uh, <laughs> now he goes and he's he notices that uh, Josh Hartnett has thrown out all of the pornographic videotapes from the apartment, and he gets mad because I think he threw out part of his collection too, and so he just says this line because he's mad that he, the Temple of Poon got thrown out. Yeah, um, and he goes, "Do you know how many hours I spent looking for my Temple of Poon tape?" One, that is a long time to be looking for porn, Matt. <laughs> Matt is the character's name. I forgot but. about that line. And then he goes, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. He's I a legitimately good funny. comedic actor, though. Yeah. I get why they would cast him as, like, to undergird Josh's fledgling performance as, like, a broad I, yeah. comedy guy. And Should we rate, rate it? <laughs> oh, wait, wait, oh, guys. This is the perfect we, one for heart on. Yes. I, we've got to do it. Do we, do we have a heart on 
I feel like it can't be helped. Yeah, it's like the sheer nature of this movie. Yeah, I mean, have, ha- it demands having it. seen. I think you know only have a heart. Josh with that raging hard on, yeah. you know, just like committing to it so much. I feel like it'd be disrespectful not to have a heart on. Yeah, yeah. So I do. So three heart ons. <laughs> three yeah. heart ons. This is not rock this is not the best work ons. from Josh, but honestly, I I would have liked to see him do more stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. First go round. Not definitely not anything, you know, any better or worse than other stuff at the time. Mm, yeah. No. I think better. I don't know. I haven't seen American Pie or a lot of those raunchy American comedies really recently, funny. but mm, Chris Klein's in it, and we all know how we feel about him. <laughs> but it's Chris so, Klein, Klein playing the only thing he can actually play. But it's got Stifler. <laughs> oh, he's a riot. Remember Stifler? Guys, remember when Stifler was one a thing? time at Bandcamp? <laughs> oh, my God. I remember God. referencing that movie all the time? You guys, remember how they made a whole string of American Pie direct-to-video movies, and Eugene Levy was, for some reason, in all of them? Oh, Jim's yeah. dad? <laughs> Guys, somehow like goes to band camp. The most understanding oh God, so and forgiving stupid. dad in all of film history. Yep. Son, Remember, if you need to fuck a pie every now and again, you know what? God bless you. Yeah. It's a, you know boys will get be a, boys. I would get a beaten. That's a paddling. <laughs> <laughs> fuck a pie. That's a paddling. <laughs> <laughs> now I just wish that Jasper was in those. Oh, movies. did I wait? I have. Uh, to, I can't leave without giving my one random theory of a unified oh, cinematic universe. Tell us. In which I believe that this movie is actually uh, takes place in the same world as Town and Country, and it is in <laughs> fact Stoddard's right, Stoddard, Stoddard, uh, Porter, Porter Stoddard. Stoddard. It is, this is still, in fact, Porter Stoddard's son living in San Francisco, and he is now starting to uh, gain the curse of uh, He's the, ba- the, the Beatty gene of just the Stoddard family of women throwing at him for the rest of his life and he's just there's nothing he can do about it he's just cursed it's the town Dude, and country dark. cinematic universe yes the unified yeah. theory of what, town and country it's what everyone wanted and his I, dad meanwhile is just shackled to the roof of their country house still <laughs> cursed like uh, cursed forever Theseus like uh, no Prometheus. you said the, damn it you already said this yeah. She's, she still and hasn't let him wrong. down yet yep and his organs are getting picked out by vultures I'm going to try and string more connective cinematic universe theories to this if I can. Yeah, well, you know, you know what? what? I, I think there's a pretty easy one for next week's movie. He goes to war? Pearl Harbor. No, 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 no. guys, we're recording out of order. More like Shit. Pearl, Pearl Harbor, is, Harbor. was the previous episode. <laughs> Jake, can we end on Jake, that? That was really that, good. That was, that was good. No, I was going to say, uh, you know, next he quits his tech job and moves to Hollywood <laughs> to investigate homicides. Oh! Mm. Where he's still horny, I think, and I bet is Harrison he? Ford is too. Ooh, Harrison Ford certainly seems that way. He I pelvic thrusts in the trailer. I remember I am, that, dude. I am hyped for that. So I am. I am very excited. So, guys, we, we we covered it, and uh it didn't take as long as it did to talk about Pearl Harbor. Thank <laughs> the Lord, because I have to go home and finish editing that episode. Hell yeah! And, and a little peek behind hours. the curtain we every now and then give. Yeah. So now, <laughs> now, now you have a sense of of our timeline for recording this. So, uh, so guys, you wanna any any final thoughts on Forty Days and Forty Nights? Other than, of course, its significance being the first of Josh's obsession with various days of night. Yeah, <laughs> because he's he's got at some point in his career make another movie. He needs to finish that trilogy. Maybe just called Twenty Days. Twenty Days. Well, there's already the movie Twenty Eight Days. Not, not Twenty Eight Days Later. Twenty Eight Days. Wait, no, sorry, it's 20, but we need night also we need in the night title. Then. We do day and night well, has no, to be mentioned. Oh yeah, days and night. Oh, yeah, well, we don't have to. We're not improv. Well, we'll, well no it. one has made him. So there's thirty days of night, right. and there's forty days and forty nights. And forty nights. 
So he, but there's he, no, but there's not a movie called like Twenty Days and Nights. Well, let's think what about if it the was just Days here? and Nights. Let's think about the progression. <laughs> he is a person who swears off masturbation for Lent, and then he yeah. finally comes. and yeah. he has a relationship that's fulfilling. Then he turns into a vampire. No, no, he, he fights, turns into a detective. He fights vampires. The the, the premise of, of Thirty Days of Night. Yeah, is that there's this town like in Alaska that right. is like night for a month, and so vampires like go there to just feed for the whole month because it Got never it. turns into the day. And so the people in the town, I think he's like the sheriff, have to fight off the vampires for okay. this whole month. He divorced Erica. So so cyber works. He works at a dot com company, then vampire hunter. So what's the logical third step? <laughs> so obviously, what's the logical the third, third step? <laughs> He moves dentist. To, dentist. No, he move. He moves to the place where insomnia takes place, where it's daytime all the time, and it's and it's thirty and days a, no night, and it's thirty days of day. <laughs> no, no, no night. Thirty. No, twenty nights of day. <laughs> twenty nights but day. Get on that script. So okay, uh, look, you know you do the rest of that legwork. All right. So so guys. So if we're like breath, snatch breath. <laughs> So if you're if you're listening to this and you're you're enjoying this insanity, and, and, and you like us just like uh, you know joshing each other about Josh, yeah, you should give us a good rating on iTunes. We really appreciate that. And hey, if if you got like a minute to kill, just write a little review. Write a little review because we read all of them and we appreciate all of them. Also subscribe because if you subscribe, then your phone just gives you the new episode as soon as it's out. And you can subscribe everywhere. You can subscribe on like iTunes or Stitcher or yeah. Spotify or Google Play or SoundCloud. We're everywhere. You can We're... also send us an email, right? We have a yeah, and so email. tweet at us. Send, yeah. us. send us some uh, some hot takes in tweet form mm-hmm. at heartheartnet on Twitter, and send us an email if you wanna. If you have like a thousand word rant about your the grand theory of Josh Hartnett's career, oh god, please at heartheartnet at gmail And once you're done with that and you're all caught up in the podcast, go watch the videos that I make with these guys at YouTube.com/slash Patrick H Willems because if you like this, you'll like those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and follow me on all the social medias at Patrick H Willems. Yes, and I am on a few of the social medias as well. You can follow me at, on Twitter at JRTorpy, and then you could also follow me on Instagram at JRTorpy, no, JTorpy08. Aren't, aren't you like J-A-I-K? Oh, right, I'm, I'm Jacob, but it's spelled funny. It's J-A-I underscore K-U-double-B. Uh, Matthew Torpy <laughs> at Matthew Torpy for Twitter. Matt.sucks for Instagram. Yes. And uh, trickscomic.tumblr.com should probably yes. be done at that point. So, uh, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, Matt's got a, a completed webcomic. So there's a beginning, middle, mm. and end. That's right. Go read that Reacts. shit. And that's content. And that's content. Yeah, hashtag content. 